Our guest today is Julie Chen Moonves, great journalist known to many of you, of course, from Big Brother and other shows like The Talk. But importantly, she's written a wonderful new book called But First, God. Stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti. And television personality, news anchor, and producer Julie Chen Moonves joins me now. Julie is the longtime host of the hit reality show Big Brother. She served as the Emmy Award-winning host and moderator of the CBS daytime show The Talk from 2010 to 2018. And she was special contributing anchor of CBS News' The Early Show, from 2010 to 2011, and co-anchor from 2002 to 2010. Julie has just released an audio memoir called But First, God, in which she speaks about her spiritual journey and how she came to have a personal relationship with God. Julie is married to Leslie Moonves, and she's here with us today to talk about her life, her career, her family, and how finding God has changed every single facet of her life. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, Julie Chen Moonves. Uh, thanks, first of all, Julie, for being with us on Personally Speaking. We uh, are all familiar at our end of the studio with uh, But First God. So i got to ask you, um, this audio book, this wonderful opportunity for people to have insight into God and into your life as a, as a daughter of God, most people I know in America have some sense of believing in God. But you challenge us in a way that's unique in that even by the title of the book, Refers God, my priority is my job, my priority is my family, my priority is financial security. And yeah, I also, I'm, I'm into God too, but way down the list. How is it possible with all the other concerns most people have to put God at the center of your life, to put God first? How is it even possible? I think it is the only way to live because I too, for the first 48 years of my life, I put everything else first and I ignored God. You know, work was my false idol. But I found that when I put God first and I found him in a very dark time in my life where I was seeking um, answers and direction um, and hope that when I started to draw closer to God and not try and control everything in my life and give it to him, that he took care of everything. Either things that I used to worry about never came to be and I didn't have to address that. You know, things worked out. And when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I thank God for letting me wake up in the morning. <laughs> Everything that we do have, our families, our jobs, you know, our homes, food on the table is because of God. So if you don't acknowledge that and put him first, put him first, then I don't think we're living the way, you know, he created us to live, which is to glorify him in all that we do. Julie Chen Moonves is our guest. And Julie, you know, in, in your book, you're very clear about the fact that crisis, as you say, dark time in life brought you to have to examine what is my relationship with the spiritual 
And I mention that because that's not, I find, unusual. You know, I go to open meetings of NA and AA and Campbell's Anonymous, and they all say the same thing. Uh, when I when I hit bottom, I found God. I guess what I'm wondering after reading your book or listening to your book, I found myself wondering, do you think it's possible for most people to not have to crash, not have to bottom out before they say, you know, I am making God my priority? Or does it take crisis to bring us closer to God? Well, a lot of people grew up in the church, you know, whether they're, um, you know, a pastor's kid or what have you. But I find even so, we're all going to hit some dark times in life. Mm. Um, you know, part of me, I feel like, oh, if I only knew back then what I know now, and I'm envious of people who grew up in the church and knowing the word, but um, it doesn't necessarily, you don't need to have crisis in your life to find the Lord. Um, I personally didn't grow up with him, you know, going to church as a child. Um, but for many of us, you know, even those who grow up in the church, they end up going to college or going to high school and they stray away. And then sometimes, yes, it is some sort of crisis that pulls them back. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's what I needed. It was, you know, it's in the darkest times that the light shines the brightest. And that was what happened for me. It was easy for me to see him um, in in those dark times because I wasn't seeing anything else. Julie, you know what you said a moment ago, growing up, I didn't know the word. Um, I find there's a great cynicism out there in our own country. Uh, there are people who know the word and it means something to them. But then there are other people who say even to me in my work as a, as a priest, they'll say, well, you know, it's a good book. It's a book. It's it's just a book. Why why give it so much power over your life? What do you say to the person who says it's it's like any self-help book? It's a, it's a book. Why take now, it, it is, so seriously? It is the word of God. <laughs> there is no new problem for God. <laughs> And any problem you have today, or it was 2,000 years ago, you're going to find um, the solution in the Bible. Mm. It is the most important book ever written, and it's from God himself. It, you know, it's it offers hope yeah, and redemption. Totally mm -hmm. Not just another book. Not just another book. Right, and it's right. actually technically 66 books. Yeah, that's right. And it's every, a library of books. <laughs> and everyone an insight into the mind and heart of God. Now, you know, you, you're very, um, I, I found you courageous and daring and uh, at the lowest moment saying, you know, I'm not just Julie Chen, I'm Julie Chen Moonves. So, I, I, you know, every weekend I get the privilege of uh, presiding over weddings. And I'm always intrigued by how anybody can get married because I think of it as one of the greatest leaps of faith in the world. You know the past, but you have no idea what the future holds. And yet you're saying before God and the community of faith, I'm going to love this other person always and forever, no matter what. It's an amazing leap of faith. When you got to know Les and you got to, to know him early on and you fell in love with him, as I ask every couple that I get a chance to marry, what was there about him initially that made you say, I can build a life with this guy? His kindness. Okay. His wisdom, his maturity, um, his intellect. Uh, he's also handsome. <laughs> he is, he's a Valley Stream, Long Island boy. Yes, all right. <laughs> uh, that helped. Uh, and we had a lot of common ground. You know, his, um, his upbringing, mine being in Queens and his being mm -hmm. in Long Island, uh, we were cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Um, 
and you know, we worked in the same business, so we spoke that same language. Mm-hmm. And it was there's a chemistry, you know, compatibility where um, but at the end of the day, I just knew I couldn't imagine my life without him. Wow. Okay, now you you stay married to him and you go through your crisis. And now, today, I presume that I still love him for a lot of the reasons I initially loved him, but I love him for different reasons too. Uh, In 2023, why do you love Les? Because he is supportive of everything that uh, my heart desires. Mm. Um, And he's, he's an active partner. You know, he even goes with me to church. Yeah. or will listen virtually online with me. Okay. Um, and, you know, he was raised in the Jewish faith. So, you know, he'll have deep conversation with me about God. You know, I'm, I'm still praying uh, for his salvation. I'm like, come on, Jesus is the most important Jew ever born. Like, <laughs> how do you not believe? Yeah, you know, yeah. so... But God is working on him, and so am I. That's right. Uh, but today, I love him because of the unconditional love that mm. he has given me all these years and the support. No matter what idea I have, whether it's good or bad, he's there to see me through it. Um, yeah. All right. Julie, Julie Chen Munvis has also told us in the book, uh, But First God, that uh, she was not uh, galloping toward the idea of being a mother, and yet she is a mom to Charlie. Um, you share that beautiful child with Les, but do you, you have any insight? You know, truly a lot of uh, parents and grandparents watch and listen to a program like this, and they're all struggling with the same thing. I have these values. I have this God I love. I want to share those values with my child. How, how are we best supposed to communicate the values, the faith that we have with the children we, we hope will embrace it as well? You have to lead by example, okay. you know. Um, I think that is, it's, you know, do as I do. Not just as I say, but as I do. Because I could, you know, talk to my son until I'm blue in the face, telling him to do this and that. But if I don't abide by that, why should he? And they really are reflections of us. You know, we have the greatest influence on them. Um, mm. We they're around us more than anyone else, and we we control their future, right? We control yes, no, whether or not they can do something or have something that they want. So we have a lot of authority, and God, you know, gave me Charlie on loan to be <laughs> my child here for the time being, and and that's another huge reason why, you know, I love my husband so much. He is the one who encouraged me to um, become a mom because he has three, Mm. you know, kids from his first marriage. And he said, you're not denying me anything, but he said, but I know you. And if you don't do this, Mm. you will wake up one day and you will regret it. So it was a very selfless act, you know, and I think that's getting back to your previous question. Um, I love him because oftentimes he acknowledges and sees me and knows me more than I know myself. Julie Chen also talks in the book about something that I think we've all gone through where we presume we have an army of uh, very loyal friends and advocates, uh, often enough, until we find ourselves in trouble and then we find out who our our true friends are. That happens to all of us when we're disappointed by people, but how do you handle the disappointment? Like, I would presume that when people you thought were there for you weren't, 
that there'd be anger and resentment and, and recrimination. How, how do you get in Christian faith? How do you get past that? Well, God talks about forgiveness. Mm. I mean, I did go before I had Jesus in my heart. I went through that, you know, anger and um, just wanting, you know, payback. Mm. And right. then I get to know Jesus and I'm like, oops, <laughs> that's not, I'm actually supposed to love my enemies. And especially, you know, you never know why someone does what they do. It is not for me to question, but I do know that. I am designed to respond with love mm. and forgiveness. And if I want God to forgive me for all that I have done and all that I'm still going to do, then I need to forgive others. Julie, just before doing this program, I celebrated the funeral mass for a 27-year-old uh, New York City police officer who died of a heart attack of all things. But I mentioned that because I said during the mass, I, I haven't got an insight into why things like this happen. When we face the unexplainable and people say, for instance, they say to me, I may support St. Jude's Hospital. I wonder why would God even allow a two-year-old to get cancer? How do we explain the unexplainable in terms of the mind and heart of God? It's not for us to understand and it's not for us to question. We just have to have trust in the Lord that everything, he uses everything for his kingdom agenda and for our good. Mm. So when you have to lean on trusting in the Lord and and not being in control of every situation and not having to understand why, that's when your faith really, you know, comes front and center, I think. Yeah. Julie Chen Moonves is our is our guest. You know, there are people listening to this program on Sirius XM, but there are also people watching through YouTube. Uh, you are, Julie, as you probably know, a very beautiful woman. You remain a beautiful woman after all these years, which is great. But every one of us, if we're still alive, is going through the process of aging. In uh, in your book, On God, you, you address that. But can you share with our listeners and viewers, uh, nobody wants to give in to the years, and yet if we're alive, we are always aging. How have you put aging in perspective? Oh, I... I will pray to God that I make smart decisions in what I eat. <laughs> I will thank him that I have, you know, functioning limbs where I can exercise. So in me fighting aging, there is the physical aspect where, you know, I want to um, fight it so that I go into my golden years, hopefully, by the grace of God, um, as healthy as possible. But being in television, there's also, uh, for many of us, we fight aging through undergoing the knife. And I've done that. <laughs> I've had a lower facelift. I had my eyes done. And, and the eyes weren't even about aging back then. Yeah. It wasn't about aging. It was about Asian. It was right. my eyes. Yeah. I was told, you know, that my lids were too heavy. And I looked disinterested when I was interviewing people. Yeah. So, um oh. I, I I use every serum. I take. I get sleep. <laughs> I eat well. So it's I'm firing on all cylinders. Yeah. We were uh, blessed to have recently Susan Lucci on, who also made a similar confession. You know, and she it's said good for the soul confession. Good for the soul. She got it right out there. One of those things we Catholics have lots of room for confession. Let me ask you this too: in light of what you went through in terms of uh, the disappointment in other people. Uh, our whole country, in fact, I'd say the whole world is grappling right now with uh, division, one set against another. Uh, we're never going to come together. Families, they can't talk to each other. Where, 
Where does Julie Chen Moonves find hope? I find hope in knowing that God loves all of us the same, mm-hmm. and you must find the treasure in the person that maybe you know you feel like you don't particularly fond of. There's something lovable about that person. <laughs> find the treasure, and they we have more that unites us than divides us. We just mm-hmm. have to pray to God for his eyes to see each other the way he sees us, his ears to hear one another. Try and look into someone's heart and find the good. Um, yeah, there there is so much um, fighting and hostility and disagreement in this world. And that is not how God designed us you know, to exist, to, to be on this planet. We're here to love one another. That is the second greatest commandment after putting him first is love one another. And that's why I like to sign off Big Brother uh, that way. My little right. my little scripture, you yeah. know, <laughs> in there. I, I, Kathy Lee Gifford is a, a friend and also has been on our program many times. But sometimes when I say to people who watch our show, you know, what do you think of Kathy Lee? And they'll say, oh, she's so good, but she's such a holy roller. And they they turn her off because of that. Before you found Jesus in your life, what would you make of people like Kathy Lee in their very overt Christianity? See, I never thought of her as being like over the top with it because, you know, I would watch her on live with Regis and Kathy right, Lee. Right. And that wasn't really a space where they, they you know, no, encouraged no. it or welcomed it. And then a Today Show. Um, and I just, I can't take my eyes off of her because- <laughs> She is so full of life and so funny and so beautiful that I never thought of her as a holy roller. Yeah. But yeah. if I if if I would encounter someone as a holy roller, I would probably think like, you know, don't be so wishy. Like I'm on my own path. <laughs> but I never found her that way. What does Julie Chen Moonves think of the possibility or the reality of life beyond this life? Oh, I look forward to that eternity, seeing the face of God. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Not that I'm dying to go right <laughs> now. I have yeah. still a lot of life to live and ways to serve the Lord here. Yes, But that to me, I mean, I think it was Paul, the apostle who said like, um, to live is to die and to die is to gain. I, I mean, I'm going to see my my dad again, my in-laws mm-hmm. again, my loved ones, and I'm going to be one with God. That is encouraging. That when, keeps going. When you had lost people you loved before finding faith, what did you imagine happened for them? They were just gone? Funnily enough, I really, I did believe in heaven. Okay. I did believe in heaven. Um, yeah. When I lost grandparents, mm-hmm. you know, um, I guess, you know, all children are raised, believe in angels and heaven and God, and you want to think of something good for that loved one. So, but I never thought of, oh, that's eternity and I'll see you again. I just thought that's where you're resting and sleeping. Yeah. There's a a great line, we're just using it in the funeral, uh, where Jesus compares the experience of, of death to childbirth and You've experienced that, and you'll experience death one day. When a woman is in labor, she is sad because her time has come. But when she has born her child, she no longer remembers her pain for joy that a child has been born into the world. Is Charlie a constant joy for you? 
Constant is a bit of a <laughs> He is 14. Oh boy, okay. He is um he is hilarious. He's very smart. Um and he keeps me and my husband on our toes. Definitely. Mm. And he's a little bit of an operator. <laughs> he has very, very, very wise parents. So he probably has some genes in there that would make him able to get around anything he wants to. You're both very charming people. And now he's got those genes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. World, watch <laughs> out. I know. Now, <laughs> for those, calm it all down. <laughs> those who don't know, Julie has a background where she says she describes her parents as old world uh, Chinese. Now, I just wonder when you're a, a full-blown American as you are, but you see the uh, tensions between uh, people who come from China, people who are here in America. I, I would love for us all, I'm, whenever I talk to my American friends who develop any kind of a prejudice, I say, you know, like in the last world war, we're all on the same side, right? That, that you know, we've had more in common than we have that divides us. What are we supposed to do to make sure that uh, long-term Americans put aside prejudice, bias against people who are Asian? Oh, my gosh. This is such an important topic. Um, we start with the food. We start <laughs> with breaking bread. Okay? Right, 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 right. And then when you invite them to dinner and you break bread and you have that amazing food, who doesn't love Chinese food? Right, right. Then you, then you, then you start conversation and you get to know someone. And you get to see, well, what's important to you? Oh, family's important to you? Family's oh. important to me. Providing for your family is important. That same to me. Education, employment, you find common ground. But you start with breaking the egg roll, not breaking bread, breaking the egg roll. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's a, a good way to bring people initially together. Do you think it works? I do. I actually have a, a, a little show that I executive produce called Food is Love, okay. and it's done out of St. Louis. And the idea is, and the I'm not on it, but um, my friend who hosts it, he is from Denmark, and his intention was um, we need to break bread with people that don't look like us, don't sound like us, don't yeah. vote like us, yeah. um, to see oh we have much more in common like oh like yes like those zeppelis like those fried zeppelis like we call those whatever you know right. beignets like we have that in all culture it it starts with coming together at the table yes. right I like and that. jesus says all are welcome at the table that's right i like that very much um let's talk a little bit about uh about women um in the book but first god uh you, you're very clear about the fact that uh, some of the people who were most unfaithful to you, uh, the expression stabbing in the back, were other women in the business. And I, I've got to believe that uh, women who fight a good fight to get where they're going and have earned their position should be highly sensitive to a woman who has accomplished so much as you have, Julie. Does it hurt in a particular way to have people who have shared the journey with you, other women in the field, be unfaithful to you yes but it wasn't so much because of their gender it was okay. because we had um worked together and done so and bonded and i thought formed a friendship hmm. so it was more about like i thought you had my back i had your back during your dark times and this is what it has become Mm. That's what stung was the friendship and the years of 
of being what I thought, you know, was um, in a friendship with some of these people. Do you know that most folks, and this is a generalization I know, but uh, there's a sense that uh, a lot of people who are in major media are not necessarily believers. Um, that may or may not be true. I don't know. You would know better than I, but does the absence of comfortability with God and talking about God play any role in the way people behave? Oh, yeah. I will say that I think that is the perception that mm -hmm. Hollywood and um, the medium that I'm in is not a place where um, you want to, you know, bring up God. But yeah. I have to say that since I have, you know, at Big Brother, mm -hmm. I have been received with an overwhelming amount of love and people coming up to me say like, you know, I love how bold you are. You know, mm. you make me want to be more bold with my faith and share it. And people will tell me their stories. You know, one lady said, I was driving to work and I said, God, you know, what, what is it you want me to do? And she looked up and she saw the sign that said CBS. And he said, you know what CBS? And she said, I heard God say, you know what CBS stands for? And she said, yes, you know, Columbia Broadcasting System. And, he, <laughs> and, he, and God said, no, it's Christians Be Seen. I promised my last question. Julie, who is this book for? This is a book for everyone right. to know it is never too late to start a relationship with God. If you already have one, I pray that this, uh, my audio memoir draws you closer to him and that uh, we all need God to be first, numero uno in our lives. You will have peace. Julie, tell our listeners and our viewers, how do they get hold of But First God? But First God is available everywhere that audiobooks are sold. Okay. And is it? it's a CD too, right? It is a CD. Yes. yes. I, I'm, I'm single-handedly trying to bring back the CD. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you know, For the I, number one selling CD. Wouldn't audiobook. that be terrific? Yeah, I saw that on Amazon that it's a CD, and I'm old-fashioned enough to love CDs. We used to do this show, and I'd send a CD of the interview to the person who was a guest, and finally an actor named Bobby Steger, and I said, listen, uh, we're going to mail a, a CD to you. And he said, what's a CD? And I knew I was getting older. You know? <laughs> he, had, he had no idea, but I'm glad for so many of our listeners who still have a CD player, including me, that it's out there in that format as well. Uh, Julie, you, you're wonderful. You're honest. You're true. You're faithful. You're dedicated and you're a delightful guest. I'm so thankful to you for your testimony uh, and for challenging all of us to try in terms of priorities to put God first. Not easy for me, probably not easy for anybody, but absolutely the way to peace and serenity. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. God bless you, Monsignor. Thank you, my friend. As we end today's program, I thank you for being with us. If you need to reach me, you can get me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to not just listen to this program, you can also see it on YouTube by going to Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Losanti. Uh, if you do, please hit like and subscribe. We're also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Losanti. And now we're on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.